Welcome, everyone, to the first episode of Scholastic Transmission, a college radio podcast where we seek to provide you the tools to preserve and promote college radio. I'm Shane Garcia, and along the way, I will be joined by retired educator and radio station advisor, Dr. Ralph Doc Rock Antonin. Welcome, Doc. Oh, Shane, thank you for having me. Uh, what better way to spend my retirement days than talking to Shane Garcia and talking about college radio, which I love, and radio that I love in general. So it's good to be doing this, Shane. Stop it, Doc. You're too kind. Thank you for the kind words, as always. I greatly appreciate it. Now, before we even dive into what we want to accomplish through this podcast, I think it's important that we tell the listeners who we are, what our story is, and what's our connection to college radio. Now, for you, Doc, personally, you're pretty well-known throughout these parts of town in central Pennsylvania, but I'd even say you're pretty well-known all over the globe, too. But for those who might be unfamiliar with you, would you please be able to tell everyone who is Doc Rock? If you had told me I would have ever worked in college radio when I came to Millersville in 71, I would have laughed at you. <laughs> it was the furthest thing from my, my uh, training and uh, why I was here. I came as a director of ed research. I had a degree in ed psych, a PhD in ed psych, and a minor in psychology, and a bachelor's degree in mathematics. And I came here to be a, the director of ed research and teach methods of research. And... College radio, I would, I, I mean, I loved radio when I was young. It was my medium because television was just breaking in, but I loved radio. But I didn't have any idea that later in life I would be going into college radio. Now, you have spent over four decades working in college radio and really even beyond post-retirement, but your influence is still ever prevalent. Yes, I did. Sorry to interrupt you, Shane. Yes, I started advising the radio station WIXQ at Millersville in in 1975, I retired in 2012 after 41.833333 years. That's what my uh, my retirement paper said. I've always found it fascinating that they carried it out to six decimal places. And uh, I really loved that part of my career at Millersville. And then I continued doing the Dr. Mama Rock show, which we had started in September of 1979. And and still doing today. So I extended, although I retired in 2012, this is 2020, what is it, 21, Shane? 21. Wow, how did you get so old? Uh, I'm still doing the radio show and I still love doing the oldies but the goodies. I didn't realize it at the time, but I ended up coming to Millersville thanks to you because I ended up coming into contact with some people who were ultimately influenced by you and your decision and your power that you had at the radio station. And thanks to them, it ended up connecting us far beyond what I ever expected. Really? I didn't think I influenced anybody. I barely influenced Mama. Mama influences me. I don't influence her. So I'm glad to hear that I at least influenced somebody. Now, for those who don't know, Mama is Doc's wife, Judy Antonin, Mama Rock. And what's that saying that you always say about you and Mama Doc? We have been married since June 9th of 1962, and we have been dating since Columbus Day weekend of 1958, when I took my father's 1950 Ford and drove her across straight lines to go see a high school football game in Nashua, New Hampshire. And it began at a dance, by the way. It began with music and dancing to the 50s. That's where the love started. 
And the love certainly runs deep for Mama Rock. And I'm sure that Mama's going to be a part of this podcast journey along the way with us because we can't tell the story, really, our story, without involving Mama Rock. Oh, she definitely will be there. She's already behind the scenes giving us advice, Shane. You know, we tried to do this a couple episodes and she said, no, 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 that's not good enough. Not, not, that's not what you want to do. So she is our going to be, what would you call her? Our, our critiquer and our, our person in the background making sure that you and I behave and do it right. Because you know what they say, Doc. If mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. And we're going to keep her happy, Shane, because she's going to review all our work. Now, Shane. This is a little bit about me, but who is Shane Garcia? What is this guy that uh, is sort of interviewing me and talking about college? Who are you? So as I alluded to, Doc and I came into contact thanks to our on-campus radio station, 91.7 WIXQ. But even before that, I was widely influenced by music and radio. My parents had music on for me all the time when I was younger growing up. First, it started out with country and pop. But I gravitated towards rock and roll at a young age, and I wanted to listen to rock all the time. So I listened to our local rock station, 105.7 The X, based out of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Well, at the time, it was Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania, but, but now it's in Harrisburg. But you get, you get the point. And when I would listen to 105.7 The X, I would listen from the time I got home from school in the afternoon, all through the night, up until I had to go to school again the next day. When I got home, I listened to Nixon in the afternoons, and I enjoyed Nixon's programming because he had lots of good music, lots of good banter, and some trivia in between, some cool giveaways as well, which I won tickets for one time to see wrestling in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And then I also gravitated towards one-third of the People's Morning Show, a DJ by the name of Nipsey. And Nipsey is a personality enough to drive some people all the way up a wall. But that's what I loved about Nipsey. Nipsey's crazy and all over the place, and he's... He's out to make the listener engaged with the programming. And I was ultimately engaged with the programming thanks to Nipsey. And those two jockeys made me realize how much I loved radio. And it made me realize I wanted to get into radio. And thanks to my mom, I ultimately found out that Nipsey went to Millersville University and got his start in radio at their campus radio station, WIXQ. So I thought if Nipsey could do it, I could do it. I could go to Millersville and get involved in their radio station and ultimately become a disc jockey. You mentioned a couple names, Shane. Uh, Nipsey was a WIXQ DJ, had one of the best talk shows and, and a humorous show on WIXQ. He had a, a, with a guy by the name of Lou Gill. And uh, they used to bring in campus personalities and have a little fun with them. Nixon was another, he was a program director at WIXQ. So these were two old, older uh, people that you got involved with who had their background at WIXQ, the college radio station. And I didn't really know much of their backgrounds. Really, I only knew Nipsey's background because I didn't know that Nixon was part of the radio station until I got there and connected with you, Doc. Because once I got to WIXQ, I very quickly became the chief announcer. And during that time period that I became chief announcer... You were working on the 50th anniversary reunion. That is, That was one of my major goals. Uh, I had retired by then, uh, but I had begun working. WIXQ uh, uh, started as WMSR in 1968. 
So the 50th reunion would have been 2018, which I devoted about three or four years in writing the memoir, uh, the history of, of uh, WMSR, WIXQ, and also getting ready to get those uh, people come back because I wanted to see them because I always tried to create a family atmosphere at the radio station and I wanted to reconnect with the old family. And I was fortunate that I was able to connect with you, Doc, because every day, every day, Monday through Thursday, you would still come into the WIXQ lounge for lunch with us young DJs, us young students, to try to inform us, to try to engage us, and to suck the youth out of us, as a WIXQ alumni would like to say. But you were there every day to just connect with us. And we connected because you wanted to understand why I came to WIXQ. And we quickly bonded over that common love that I had for radio. And you you realized that I came there thanks to WIXQ alumni. Knowing you were doing your effort to preserve WIXQ through the written history. And knowing you were working hard away to put a reunion together. As chief announcer, I saw that and I wanted to do something to celebrate on the on-air side of things. So I set out to interview various alumni leading up and even throughout the 50th anniversary year to tell their story and why WIXQ and college radio meant so much to them. I ended up coming to you for help on my personal project to find all these different names and to tell these stories, where I then found out that Nixon was part of WIXQ, somebody who I grew up connecting with that I didn't know was a part of the foundation of the radio station. But thanks to you, I was able to make these connections, and in turn, our connection grew and really has grown so much stronger all these years later. And it's something I will forever be grateful for, Doc. You have no idea how much I love and respect our relationship. Well, Shane, I, I basically only have one skill in life, uh, and that is interacting with young people. I am a teacher. I was a professor. And my goal always was to educate the students, not only in the formal sense of a classroom, but to educate them in life. And I tried to teach life lessons. I used to come down at lunch and... Uh, as you know, the conversations, there was no agenda. There was no idea what was going to happen that day. But inevitably, we would get talking about either music or life or something. And I stuck with that because I had done that all my career as advisor. And it was a skill that I still liked. I liked talking to young people. And I used to do it at lunch when I was there in the advisor capacity. And I did it and have done it still for eight years beyond, up to nine years I still enjoy it. I, I, I have those that need to talk to young people and give them a little bit of advice if I can. And your influence, the influence of the advisor is so important for student engagement. And many people might not realize there's so much that goes into college radio. It's not just a spectrum for you to tune into the radio. There's so much going on behind the scenes that people don't know about. And we're going to cover so many different topics about student engagement, so many different topics about the types of college radio, but we can't really get there just yet. No, we can't. We can't get ahead of ourselves. That's what we were doing wrong when we started. This is our third attempt, folks. We're trying to get it right. And then I started to realize we got to be a little bit more specific. And, and the first one, we're going to try to keep the 20 to 25 minute chain. That's our goal. Just like old time radio, when I used to listen to that in the in the 40s, late 40s, early 50s, the shows were anywhere from 22 to 25 minutes long when you had commercials. And that is what 
we're going to sort of use as a model here, I hope. And it's so important that we have to delicately take our time to explain this and to provide you the tools to preserve and promote college radio because college radio is so intricate. So we got to take our time with explaining it to you and ultimately giving you the tools because it's just one thing at a time, one thing at a time that will ultimately allow you to see the big picture, the big idea of what college radio really is all about. Yeah. And, and, and as you know, we'll talk about different types, but we're going to key in on the model that you and I know a student run student affairs college radio station, in this case, WIXQ which started out as a carrier current as WMSR, which went only to the residence halls. And we'll get into a little bit of that history, uh, maybe down the road a little bit, and talk a little bit about well, some of the interesting things that happened in the dormitories uh, when we were just going carrier current. And what I really enjoy about WIXQ, especially through the stories that I've heard from the alumni and the stories that I've heard from you and even the friends and the people that I've connected with during my time at the radio station is that it's such a breeding ground for creativity, not only for the students, but the artist and even the community, whether or not you're a listener tuning in or a local business trying to get your name out there. That's what I really like about college radio. Yeah. And, and because it's a student at WISQ, it was a student run. The advisor had no vote except to, to break a tie. And that shocked a lot of people because the students had positions. There was an executive council, a station council, a station manager, a program director at the top. And, and those led, they, they would do leadership in those things. And many people thought that I ran the station. I did not run the station. My biggest job was to protect the students from themselves and preserve college radio so that they could continue to learn and not because the college owned the station, the students ran the station. The student engagement portion of college radio is very key. It's so integral to the foundation of college radio because you have these people coming in that may not have had the skills in the first place, but they develop over time, not only during their, their freshman year, their sophomore year, but even their junior and senior years. They go in with an idea of what they might want to do, but ultimately they take the time to really learn, to really understand what is so important about college radio. And what makes it even more unique is that you have all these different heads coming in from different backgrounds, different majors, and they have different ideas too, but they're ultimately working together to put the best product available for not only themselves, but the community at hand too. Yeah, and we, we do go out to the community. We started out strictly as a carrier current on campus and through various stages went in to FM 10, 10 watt and FM 100 watt and FM stereo. Uh, and the students did this. They made it happen. There are many students who are owed a great deal of gratitude who just did it without getting any credit for it, without getting any monetary reward for it. They created this thing called WIXQ, this family, this unit uh, that stuck together uh, with one common goal in mind was to play music from very many different types. Although it didn't start out that way, that's not what it started out to be. And I think it's important that we dive into what it did start out as, but that's a topic for another time. 
it is some very interesting things happened during those days uh, that we can only speculate what some of the th things that were going on because there's a lot of politics involved in this. There's a lot of, uh, how should I put, power-based struggles. Uh, I, I could, I'll go into those in the future, not today, but college radio just didn't happen at Millersville. It was planned. And it took a lot to plan it. I mean, it took, uh, from the time it started out as a club to where it got today, took a lot of time. And most people don't realize college radio, its initial studio is in the infirmary at Millersville University. I don't think it's still there, but at one point you could go up there and you could see where the studios and, and everything was back in the infirmary. I think it's the Whitmer Infirmary, if I remember that sounds correct to me, Doc. I, I know it is. Uh, I, I have pictures from that generation that they took the leap to do it. And there was a Dr. Wright and there was a Dr. Uh, uh, Francis, who were the two people who started the radio club that led to what became WMSR and WIXQ because it was funded and I still is funded through the Student Senate Allocation Committee. So the students basically provide total funding for this radio station way back in the beginning. even. Now, these are some of the stories and some of the details that we're going to tell along the way, but we can't get too ahead of ourselves. But before we even get there, we got to tell the story of how Doc got involved in radio in college radio himself. Now, this is a really good one. This is a doozy. However, we got to save that for our next episode. So tune in next time as Doc tells us his story on how he got involved in the wild and wacky world known as college radio. And trust me, you don't want to miss it. Thank you, Shane. I'll be there because I don't even want to miss what I'm going to say because I don't know what I'm going to say. You can stay up to date with Scholastic Transmission and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at College Radio Pod. That's College Radio Pod to get your social media fix. Be sure to share the podcast and our pages with your friends, your family, and current or former college radio colleagues to let them know that they can listen to Scholastic Transmission wherever they get their podcasts. Now, before we go, Doc, is there anything you'd like to say to the listeners ahead of next week's episode? Nope. I am just waiting for to do it, Shane, and I thank you for taking the initiative to uh, get this thing rolling because, as you know, I am a technology challenge individual. I am not good with technology. There's been some struggles along the way with trying to get this podcast off the ground, especially with technology that we had to try to get the kinks out of. And now I believe we have that all taken care of. So here's hoping that doesn't provide us any other issues as we try to provide the listeners with the tools to preserve and promote college radio. But we're anxious to connect with so many people along this journey not only the people that we might know, but others that are around the world that have a common love for college radio. So until next week, for Dr. Ralph Doc Rock Antonin, I'm Shane Garcia. Thanks for listening to Scholastic Transmission, a college radio podcast. Class is dismissed.